And thank you, Rodney, for saying I was going to preach. It's one of the kinder things anyone said about me in years, you know. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, this 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 new format. Uh, I hope I don't get confused because I'm used to looking at the clock and and trying to time my ending at about twenty minutes to twelve. And so I hope I don't get confused about what time I got started this morning. <laughs> We're glad that you're here. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. But last year was an election year. Did you know that? Do you remember all the polls we were bombarded with on all the different newscasts? And you remember that right up until the very end, there was this group of people that were undecided? Well, in our text this morning in John chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus is talking to a group of those who were undecided. And he asked them, he says, Why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I say? You see, decisiveness is an essential thing for successful living. I'm reminded of a story that Abraham Lincoln used to tell. I didn't ever hear him personally tell it, but I've read it. It seems there was a blacksmith who heated a piece of iron in the forge. And he had absolutely no idea of what he was going to make of it. He took it out of the forge, and at first he thought he would make a horseshoe, so he started hammering on it. Then he decided he'd make something else, so he hammered on it some more in a different direction for a little while. And then he changed his mind and he started on something else. By this time, he had so hammered that piece of melted iron that it wasn't good for much of anything. So he held it up with his tongs and he looked at it with disgust and he thrust it into a tub of water and it hissed and goes, He said, well, at least I can make a sizzle out of it. How often is that the case when we can't make up our mind. That we just make a sizzle or a fizzle out of something. If you know where you're going and you're taking a road trip, almost any automobile will get you there. It may be old and it may be almost worn out, but it will make the journey. If you're making a road trip and you're undecided and indecisive about your journey and your destination, a brand new Rolls Royce is of no value to you. If you don't know where you're going, it's going to wear out before you get there. You see, the Bible calls on all of us to be decisive. Jesus says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Back in the long ago, Joshua called upon Israel to make a decision. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And let's face it, whether we like it or not, life is filled with decisions we have to make. We've got to decide when to go to bed and when to get up. 
We've got to decide what to eat and what not to eat. What to wear and what not to wear. Every one of us made a decision this morning on what we were going to wear when we got dressed. We decide what we're going to do with our time. We decide where we'll go to work. We decide where we'll go to eat. Life is filled with a myriad of decisions every day. And some of them are easy to make and some of them are difficult. You know, on a daily basis... The decision to eat is something that I make pretty easily. The what or the where is sometimes hard. You ever had this conversation, where do you want to go? Let's go eat somewhere. Okay. Where do you want to go? Well, I don't know. Wherever you want to go. Well, let's go to TNR. No, I don't want to go there today. Oh, well, how about Rancho Grande? No, that doesn't sound very good. You ever had this kind of a conversation? Norman, I'll go back and forth. I'll mention the place. She says, nah, that's not what I want. She'll say, how about this? I say, nah, that don't sound good to me. We can agree on the fact that we're hungry or that we want to eat. We just can't agree on what we're going to eat or where we're going to eat it. And probably no one else here ever has that problem, do they? Life is full of decisions. You and I are where we are today. Because of decisions we made yesterday. And decisions that we make today will have an impact on the decisions we'll be making tomorrow. And they establish a pattern and a foundation for our lives. And being decisive is essential and yet it's so difficult sometimes at the same time. So often our yes has a hint of no to it. And our no has a hint of yes to it. And to give utterance sometimes to a yes that's a hundred percent affirmation is often impossible for some folks. It's especially impossible for them if they happen to be holding an elected position. The burden of choice is heavy. I've actually known people go to pieces over having to make a decision. And in our day and time, it's actually even difficult to get people to think. It's even more difficult to get them to be decisive. Look at this question Jesus asked. He says, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? It's not rocket surgery to realize the kind of people that Jesus is talking to. He's not speaking to people that are out and out His avowed enemies. It's not addressed to people that are openly hostile toward Him. And He's not talking to people that are wholeheartedly supporting of Him and in favor of Him. Jesus is talking to folks that are a lot like most of us. He's talking to folks that are a lot like many in our own day and time. Folks that admire Him. And honor Him. Some even to the point of calling Him Lord. And yet some that though they admire Him and though they honor Him, they're not fully persuaded to follow Him. They give Him an intellectual assent. 
But though they give him an intellectual assent, they have failed wholeheartedly to give him themselves. And this company of the undecided, folks, it's a sizable group of people. And it's not uncharitable to say that this group of the undecided includes a large percentage of people that hold membership in the church. Now, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean that those folks that are undecided are hypocritical. Very few of them are. It does not mean they do not refrain from certain evils daily out of a loyalty to Jesus. And it doesn't mean that they do not perform acts of service out of loyalty to Jesus. But what it does mean is that while these folks are obedient in so many things, there's this myriad of folks that just don't put the kingdom of God first in their lives. They are folks that are decent and they're religious and they're respectable. But there are areas of their lives they've never dedicated to the one they call Lord. And even though this includes so many in the church, it includes even more people outside the church. People that you and I come in contact with every day. And we have to wonder, when you think about the very first song that Rodney led us in this morning, Lead Me To Some Soul Today. We come in contact with these undecided people every day. But what do we do to try to make those people become decided people? Over the years, I've spoken to a lot of men and women that were outside the church. I found a lot of them to be very critical of the church. I've found some to be even harshly critical. I've found those that were even harshly, more harshly critical of the ministry than of any other aspect of the church. They could point out numerous flaws in the church. And they could point out numerous flaws in individual members. And then I would confess to them that, yes, we're a faulty group. All of us. We all have warts. And then I've asked those same people, what fault do you find with Jesus? And I don't actually ever recall hearing a harsh criticism. The great tragedy of our time is not the folks like the freedom from religion crowd that's out and out against the Lord and the church and everybody knows it. The great tragedy of our time is those that call Jesus Lord are not as fervent and noisy and passionate as those that are out and out against Jesus. Jesus is asking here for our loyalty. And He's asking for nothing less than a wholehearted devotion 
Jesus is never pleased with half-hearted devotion. In fact, if you read the New Testament, it seems that this attitude of half-heartedness is something that Jesus hates the most. You remember what He told the church at Laodicea? Oh, I wish you were either hot or cold. You're just lukewarm and I want to just spew you out of my mouth. We're not here to win success. Nor are we here to fail. We are here to do the will of God. And it's only with wholehearted devotion that we can find satisfaction within ourselves. Because for the undecided, there is no peace. Some of the most wretched hours of our lives are those times we can't reach a decision. You actually can see that in the story of Jonah. You remember the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And it told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach. Jonah's got two choices. He can go or he can not go. Those are his two choices. And Jonah decided against the call of God. And we have that power. Every one of us. Well, when Jonah reached a definite decision that he was going to renounce God by disobedience, he got on board a ship bound for Tarshish in the opposite direction. And once he got on board that ship, you know what Jonah did? He fell asleep. The days and nights preceding that decision had been filled with agony. But, even, but once he had decided, even though his decision was wrong, that decision brought sufficient peace to make sleep possible for the disobedient prophet. The problem with a peace that's born of a wrong decision is it is a peace that will not last. We can reject the high calling of God. But rejecting the high calling of God will not bring permanent peace. Here's the thing. A wholehearted decision to follow Jesus brings peace. Because so many lesser questions are decided by that decision. There are some folks in our world for whom no moral decision is finally decided. Every morning they must decide whether they'll pray or not pray. Every morning they've got to decide, am I going to read from God's Word or am I going to neglect God's Word? Every Sunday they're going to decide whether they're going to go to church or stay home. It's an open question. And folks like that are in constant conflict. I've known a lot of folks through the years that remind me of the old story of a man who had a dog with an inordinately long, uh, inordinately long tail. To say it another way, this man had a dog whose tail was too long. But this man loved his dog. And this man was a compassionate 
dog owner. And this man wanted to give his poor animal the least possible pain. So he decided to cut off an inch of the dog's tail every week rather than to cut it off all at once. You know, the great tragedy is I've known folks that left the Lord just that same way. The great decision to follow Jesus includes a lot of smaller decisions. And those make every other right decision easier. You're here this morning to worship. You're here to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And the decision you made this morning to do that was born quite largely of choices you made yesterday. And if you'll permit me a personal note, I remember very, very well the last few months of my father's life. And I can remember watching him on a Saturday morning. And I can remember a little 12-year-old boy would say, Pop, can you come watch my football game this afternoon? And he'd say, Son, I'd love to. But tomorrow's the Lord's day. And if I get out to watch that ball game in the heat this afternoon, I won't have the strength to go to worship tomorrow. And he would sit there with tears coming down his cheeks as he told that little boy he couldn't watch him play football. It was only a couple of months after those conversations that I was changing his diapers every night and putting him to bed. But he conserved his strength on Saturday. For the Lord's day tomorrow. And oftentimes, I see those who have named the name of Christ, those who call Jesus Lord with their lips who've never crowned Him King of kings and Lord of lords in their hearts. Able to do anything they want to do, but the Lord's day comes and there's just not enough strength or energy to serve the Lord. And it's to those that Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord? And do not the things that I say. And every wrong choice that is made 
makes the next wrong choice easier. And the next wrong choice easier. And every right choice that we make makes the next right choice easier. And we can so cultivate our right choices in the fellowship of Jesus that they become almost spontaneous. Jesus says to those that are undecided, Why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I say? You know, there's so many folks in our world that just can't definitely decide for Jesus. But if folks don't definitely decide for Jesus, then they've definitely decided against Him. I remember hearing a story one time about an old donkey that stood between two delicious bundles of hay. It's one of those stories you learn the first week of preaching 101. This donkey was standing there and there's two delicious bales of hay and he's between them. And that donkey hesitated to make a decision between either one of those bales of hay until that donkey stood between those two bales of hay and starved to death. He was just as dead as he'd have been if he'd been struck by lightning. And he starved. His death was brought about because of his failure to make a decision. All over our community, There are folks that are starving to death spiritually because they've failed to make a decision about Jesus Christ. We need to help them make that decision. It's His invitation as we stand in love.